Hi, I'm Brian, and you're listening to Mysterious Mysteries 21. We'll be talking about the Georgia Guidestones today. Some of the material we'll be discussing is very graphic. Listener discretion is advised, so sit back, relax, and enjoy. So the reason why I say some of the material we will be discussing is very graphic a lot of the times is most some of the times it's going to be, but we're going to put that disclaimer in every single opening just you know to cover our ass pretty much so it's just me today uh i'm actually gonna do two this week hopefully i'm doing the georgia guidestones today and sometime this week we will be doing part two of dark nursery rhymes and i don't want to get into too much of that one so so there's actually a lot of information on the georgia guidestone um, as you can tell, it is from Georgia. Um, it's a giant stones that were set up on a hillside outside of Atlanta in 1980. The man who had built them remains unknown, as does the monument's true purpose. In fact, other than half a million dollar price tag. So it took them half a million in the 1980s. So I'm pretty sure that's going to be close to like 1.2 million today's money. Or maybe a little bit less or a little bit more. Don't get me to math. I'll screw it all up. So almost nothing is known about the stones at all. They're composed of 119 tons of solid granite. And have coded messages that are engraved into them in the world's eight most commonly spoken languages. So we have Arabic, Chinese, Russian, English, Spanish... Swahili, Hindi, and Hebrew. And there's some on the top slab that connects all four slabs together. Uh, You have Babylonian, you have Classical Greek, Sanskrit, and Egyptian hieroglyphics as well. I'm not sure if it talks about what the main uh, stones talk about, because there's not really a lot of writing. I will post a picture of this on... uh, my Facebook and Instagram so people can kind of get an idea if you've never heard of it. Um, Speaking of which, like us on Facebook and Instagram. Follow us on Instagram because we do post teasers a lot. I wouldn't say a lot. Probably once or twice a week. Um, We're also on Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcasts, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcasts. And another one just came in... uh, cannot think of the name of it but yeah so get us on facebook and instagram and follow us like us for future future episodes it'll be good all right so going back so on the summer day in 1979 a man using the alias rc christian shows up at an alberton granite finishing company presents very detailed and specific plans and tells him he wants to build the georgia guidestones The only details that we have about this man is that he was balding with a fringe of white hair. He had an accent that suggested he was from one of the Plain States, which I don't understand what that means, like West maybe? Or South? Also he had money. A lot of money. The only thing he absolutely demanded is that he remained completely anonymous. To this day no one has been able to figure out who actually wanted the construction of the Georgia Guidestones. So, 
We know him as R.C. Christian, so that's how we're going to be discussing him instead of, you know, just unknown. So we're just going to go with Christian. So, what Christian commissioned, though, was no small undertaking. In fact, even with a, as deep a history as working with granite as Alberton had, they have never encountered anything like the request from Mr. Christian. In fact, even if there was nothing more than the Georgia Guidestones than the stones themselves, the monument would be exceptionally impressive. A statement to the skills and abilities of the granite company Christian hired. But there's more to the guidestones than the granite slabs. Much more. Some say it's mysterious. Others say it's sinister. The stones were unveiled during a public ceremony in 1980. They were, controvers they were controversial immediately. Supporters like Yoko Ono praised the message as a staring call to the rational thinking, but others attacked them, called them the Ten Commandments of the Antichrist. So what are the messages on the stone? First, you need to know that each message appears in English, Spanish, Wahili, Hindi, Hebrew, Arabic, Chinese, and Russian. I think I said Russian earlier. I forgot Chinese. Okay, my bad. The eight most widely spoken languages on earth, which means that the ten lines on each slab are intended for all the world's inhabitants. But as for the message themselves, the first nine reading up from the bottom. So I'm actually going to skip a lot of that. I'll read the, ten, the new Ten Commandments here in a second. Um, the research I did, I didn't like how they started from the bottom and went up. That actually bothers me quite a bit. Alright, so inscribed on the Georgia Guidestones. Number one. Maintain humanity under 500 million in perpetual balance with nature. Alright, so number one. A human population under 500 million would certainly be more in a balance, so to speak, with nature. But to achieve a population of 500 million would mean that more than 7 billion of us would have to die mysteriously or to be killed like a holocaust. Uh, number two, the guide says, guide re reproduction wisely. Improving fitness and diversity. Number three. Unite humanity with a living new language. And that's how I can kind of see people thinking it's the Antichrist. Because of the one world government. We all speak the one language. So. Or. The language could be interpreted as one world currency. So. Yeah. Number four. Rule passion, faith, tradition, and all things with tempered reason. So, to me, that would kind of represent to be tempered with tradition, faith, and passion. So, faith, let people believe in what they want. Don't persecute them for how they believe or what they believe. Unless it's like a cult, then, you know, of course, take that shit down. Uh, tradition. Leave traditions alone that people have created through hundreds and hundreds of years. Leave them alone. Maybe stop changing them. And if they're changing them too drastically, then maybe something could be, 
you know, done to bring it back to the actual tradition it was. And passion, I don't know how you would fit, I don't know how you would do that with passion. I don't, I guess it's depending on what you're passionate about. I don't know. Number five, protect people and nations with fair laws and just courts. Yeah, kind of like we did a long time ago, before the Salem Witch Trials, of course. <clears throat> but make fair laws, you know, like don't send someone to prison because they got caught with a little baggie of weed and give them 15 plus years. You know, maybe if it's illegal in your state, you know, give them a small fine, confiscate it, send them on their way if they're not inebriated, of course. Uh, number six, let, let all nations rule internally resolving external disputes in the world court. So I don't know if that would be rule as one, like one world order as rule one, or kind of like we're doing now. I don't know. Number seven, avoid petty laws and useless officials. Goodbye, government. If this actually came to pass. They are useless. They waste our money. Half of them don't even stay awake during some of their arguments or presentations or anything they're talking about. There's hundreds of pictures out there of Congress, legislative branch members, you name it. They're sleeping. So, goodbye to them and petty laws. I wonder what they would consider a petty law. Eight, balance personal rights with social duties. Number nine, prize. Truth, all right, so prize, truth, beauty, love, seeking harmony with the infinite. <laughs> that could translate to so many different things. Number 10, be not a cancer on the earth. Leave room for nature. Leave room for nature. It literally says it twice. So, the directive makes some believe that the Guidestones are calling for a mass murder, as of number one, maintaining humanity under 500 million. Of innocent people, the global genocide would kill the vast majority of the human race, which interpreted is accurate. Or is there, is there another interpretation altogether that maybe we haven't really figured out? So whoever built the George Guidestones, they were determined to protect their identity. So to find out more about Mr. Christian, we start by talking to the Guidestone historian, Raymond Wiley. Co-author co of the George Guidestones, America's most mysterious monument. According to Willie... R.C. Christian is a clue itself that harkens back to the 15th century physician and mystic named Christian Rosenkreutz. The idea of the Red Cross and the secretive organization known as the Rosicrucians. And I think we are going to do an episode of the Rosencrucians, if I can actually pronounce it right. <clears throat> but some people say it's not even real. Others say... It could have been more than one person who created this, or he was 
just the face for the creation. Maybe he didn't have all that money. Maybe he was just the face to go, all right, you need to go to this place, get this made. Here's the money for it. So that's why they kind of think it could have been like an organization that dates back back to the 15th century, kind of like uh, the Illuminati that we have apparently now. So for the members of the society, Rosenkreutz was a doctor who had spent a lifetime gathering what he called sacred knowledge, studying ancient Turkish, Sufi, and Persian paths. I don't know, Sufi, Sufi, Shufu. I, I don't know how to pronounce that. I'm sure I'm going to get hate for that. Um, and Persians passed towards understanding as well as Western, Western medical knowledge. He supposedly traveled through the Middle East being instructed by masters of ancient wisdom. When he returned, Rosenkreutz supposedly founded his own church to pass on the learning that make sure that it didn't die with him. So at first, all the members were doctors. Each one took an oath to heal the sick without payment. Sounds like Canada. To maintain the secrecy of the fellowship. And the finding and finding a replacement for Rosenkreutz before he died. So that was actually kind of interesting, and like I said, we'll probably do an episode on that one in the future because I didn't know anything about the Rosencrucians or Rosicrucians, however you pronounce it. <clears throat> but it's it's interesting to me. So. If you had a vision of the American Stonehenge, the massive granite creation bearing your philosophy for the world, and you possessed and resourced to underwrite its creation, would you want to keep your name out of it? For most of us, I think the answer would probably be not. Our egos and our vanity might insist that we take at least some of the credit. Is this humility or deliberate misdirection? Human nature and the role the role vanity plays and it would seem to rule out the name often mentioned as a possible source of funding for the Guidestones. So a statement that generally generated much controversy at the time, which is talking about the five hundred million, you know. But while the idea is expressed to the stones, if interpreted to reflect Turner's well known global Harmony and environmental concerns, modesty, humility, and anonymity, and non anonymity. All right, are not qualities often, or maybe ever, associated with the man once widely referred as mouth of the South. So, if a man behind the Georgia Guidestone isn't Turner, or probably any other high-profile, well-heeled philanthropist or visionary, who was who was he? Only a few people ever met him. One was the attorney who handled the legal matters relating to the Guidestones and who signed a vow never to discuss his client and vow, a vow he very much well kept. Another was Hudson Cohn, who was, a, who was president of the Granite Company with the guides, when the Guidestones were being created. Uh, Cohn remembers Christians as a tall, balding man with a fringe of white hair. He was well-spoken and comported himself well. He gave no indication of who or what he represented. So what better way to get people thinking, talking, about the nature of our relationships to the world and to one another than by creating this enormous mystery? <clears throat> so, a lot of people think that he created it just to give people something to talk about. 
give them something to conspire about. Hence, you know, this is on our podcast now. Um, a lot of people think it's completely evil, Antichrist, Ten Commandments. It, people think it talks about the New World Order. Um, I mean, there's a lot that goes around it. There's a lot of controversy. So, I think it'd be cool to go visit it. I would actually like to see that in person because apparently it's 19 feet tall. So that's that's a big slab of granite, granite, granite. So one question that has remained throughout the investigation of the Georgia Guidestones: Why Georgia? Why were the stones placed on that particular site? Turns out there's a serious and mysterious reason for that as well. The theory of earth changes first propounded on by the mystic Edgar Casey early in the 20th century argues we are rapidly approaching a time of devastating changes to the surface of the earth those changes could be a result of earthquakes asteroids common impacts supervolcanoes solar flares whatever as we've seen particularly in the term the terms of 2012 believers about the Mayan calendar but also as the previous apocalypse believers, such as those who feared the end of the world would be accompanied by the new millennium, so Y2K, uh, or those who saw global devastating devastation coming from Halley's Comet as it returned, or any of the other hundreds of other doomsday's faiths that have come and gone. The specific details of the actual apocalypse vary from believer to believer, and some of them have already been proven inaccurate. What matters for the purpose of decoding the Guidestones is the consequences of the devastation. And those consequences including a radical altered surface of the earth, surface of the earth, a surface that will lack many of the most familiar features of the world we knew. What are the features? So minor things like California, New York, parts of Florida and other land masses throughout the world. So, but according to Casey's earth-changing theory, it turns out that in addition to the changes that the world, that would alter the physical face of the world, there are safe zones that would ride out the earth changes and in doing so provide a physical focus for the energies needed to rebuild the world. Where where are these safe zones? So, we already know one's quote-unquote in Georgia. Uh, Royal Georgia, that is. And that's where the Godstone stands. Meaning they've, they're ready to help the survivors of the Earth and help rebuild the world. Possibly rebuild a better world. Yeah. There's always going to be that one person that tries to take it over, though, and everything's just going to go to shit. But a lot of people believe the Georgia Godstones are on one level exactly what they appear to be a tool for getting people to think about the nature of existence and the ways in which the that existence could be improved. I think there's a good chance that the person behind them was a Rosicrucian. But then again, I don't really know much about the Rosicrucians, so who knows. Uh, but that there's a motivation for the stones that may have been overlooked. 
and that in the motivation lies in the times during which they were commissioned and created, possibly. <clears throat> They're among the scariest times in human history. All right, this is a reminder that we didn't need an apocalypse behind beyond our control. So we're actually talking about, you know, Cold War, nukes. I mean, when nukes became a thing, that literally is the scariest thing that ever happened to human beings. Um, the self-inflicted genocide by nuclear bombs controlled by our governments. No secret cables need to apply. I think that it was the possibility of just such a nuclear holocaust that prompted Mr. Christian to create the message he placed in the Georgia Guidestones. A message intended for the survivors of the global nuclear holocaust. A message designed to help them restore a balance to the earth and to avoid the mistakes that destroyed their ancestors. That might be the purpose of the Georgia Guidestones and that's the message we decoded during, you know, going through all this. But of course, there's no one person. If he, if he's still alive, who knows whether or not my any of our interpretations are accurate, even to a T. That's probably why Mr. Christian did what he did. But if he's alive, he ain't talking. He's not letting anybody know. I just hope that he does come forth, or someone tells us whether or not any of our interpretations of the Georgia Guidestones are accurate, like one of the three people who were there. So, I mean, that would be awesome. I'd love that. So, it's on YouTube a few years back, and I actually came across this, and I found an article that someone wrote, um... I don't remember who wrote it, though. Anyways, bloodstains. That's a question posed by some after a video post on YouTube to show red stains recently found on the mysterious Stonehenge-like monument in Elbert County. Speculation surrounded the video posted online March 27th, taken from a drone-mounted camera. The video shows the top of the capestone atop a four- 19-foot-tall guidestones, on which there appears to be a substance trickling from a red blotch. The, the narrator of the video suggests it is blood. He claimed to have made the discovery when flying his drone. So, a while ago, a pastor of a local church warned that the guidestones would lead us to a blood sacrifice on the spot where they stood. He was making the point this monument is some kind of occult symbol used by pagan rituals. No, pagans don't leave markings and shit. Or words or anything like that. They like to keep shit secret. So the Elbert County Sheriff's Office is investigate was investigating the most recent strange occurrence, the blood on top of one of the guidestones. And I want to say he climbed up there and uh, where did he what did he say? Everyone was wanting to know who, what, when, where, how. Deputies climbed the ladder of the Cape Stone to investigate and said it did not appear to be there was a stain of any kind atop the monument. There was something of a blackish blue, maybe from wherever water had, you know, pulled up. But to the naked eye, it does not look red. 
in the video it looks like someone photoshopped or maybe changed the filter of it to make it look like there was blood there and this was coming from uh, whoever said this uh, Scarborough uh, Captain Darren yeah, we'll call him Sheriff Captain or Captain so the guide zones are supposed to be monitored around the clock via a closed-circuit camera and transmit image to the Elbert County Emergency Dispatch. Video footage from the Guidestones surveillance is maintained for about 30 days according to a uh, sheriff. If it came back as blood, which I don't think it will, then we will begin reviewing the tapes. And I want to say they did get it back and there, it wasn't blood at all. But locals tell stories of witchcraft taking place at the stone. Related instances of teenagers in black guard carrying buckets of chicken blood on the, at the site. Yeah, I didn't see anything like that. So I don't even know if that's 100% true. Could it just be some fanatic religious group who don't like things that is not written in their book? I'm not gonna... I'm not gonna throw any names out but there was also a cube that the that was placed on the one of the slabs and on it there are letters and numbers so on each side there's letters or numbers and the letters would be mm and on the other side it would be jam and then the number 8 16 20 and 14 and apparently there was a married couple that that matched their initials and the date of when they were married and so you have Mitchell Messinelli so MM and then you have Jennifer Ann Messalini JAM and you have 8 16 2014 which was the day they got married. So they they said that was the cause of that one. And it just made a huge uproar with people that wanted to figure out what it was and why it was there. So there's also a... Uh, oh, God, where was it? Anyways, there's a slab that... Uh, on it, it says who sponsored it, you know, the age of reason, who created it, and apparently there's a capsule placed under this slab about, I think it was like 15 feet away from the monument, placed six feet below the spot, on blank, to be opened on blank. So there's no date of if one was placed underground, and there's no date for it to be opened or dug up. I really... Uh, honestly, if I owned the property, I'd probably dig it up just to see if there was one down there. And then I would inscribe, you know, was placed in this spot. And it was probably in the 1980s. So I'd put, you know, 1980 through 1989. And to be open to it like in 100, 150 years. You know, a couple, you know, one generation away. Or a couple, depending on health issues in your family. So that'd be kind of cool to see. 
but there's a lot of a lot of controversy on that too with this time capsule but going back to uh, what's his face um, not Christian Uh, Mr. God, I just had his name in my head, too. Anyways, the people that helped Mr. Christian get this all set up, um, apparently the one who got everything set up for him said he was going to take this to a grave because he doesn't want to take them the fun out of the mystery. So he's... I don't even... I think he's a la dead... Yeah, I think he's dead. I don't know. So, we have... The bloodstains, which another thing about the bloodstains on it. Um, even though it wasn't really bloodstains. The granite, it was cut precisely. Like, solid flat. And the way it was laid, everything was leveled to a T. How could water pool on it? To create such a stain. And I couldn't find any information on that. I mean. I've seen people put levels on these stones. And they are completely level. Like. Complete centered. Um, There's also. On the stones. Alright. So I'm going to describe them a little bit. Kind of like dominoes. When you stand them up. And you knock them down. But these, there are two side by side. So you're looking at the back of the dominoes. And then there are two, like, up and down. So it kind of makes, like, an X. But there is a square or rectangle pillar in between the four stones that have the stone on top connecting the four stones and the pillar in the center. Uh, The pool of blood was found in the stone in the center on top and there is a hole drilled into the stone on top where the sun can pass through which will be able to tell you what um the time then there is a hole cut through the pillar in between the stones that point toward the north star so you have your compass and then there's a slat uh, carved into the stone so when the sun comes through the hole you can see what time it is and depending on the shadow I believe it's what they said tells you the season that you're in so you have a calendar you have a compass and you have a clock so I thought that was very interesting kind of like Stonehenge in a way um, there have been speculations of the same thing you know northern star a compass you know, all that fun stuff. So, thought it was cool. So, I think I'm going to end it here. Um, I didn't want to make this one a really long episode. Only A, because I haven't done one with Cade. This is number two I haven't done with Cade, unfortunately. But, with his work schedule, my work schedule, and last week I was down south with my mom. And... I was going to have him drive four and a half hours there one day just to do a podcast. That'd be stupid, so. Um, 
Like I said at the beginning, we're on Pocket Cast, Radio Public, Google Podcast, Breaker, Spotify, Anchor, Apple Podcast, and we're on Facebook, Instagram. You can find us on Instagram by just putting in hashtag Mysterious Mysteries 21 or just go to the search bar and type in Mysterious Mysteries 21. Facebook, just type in the search bar for Mysterious Mysteries 21. There will be updates. We are also on Patreon. Eventually, we are going, I think it's starting in October of this year, we're going to have special uh, Patreon episodes. Uh, they're going to be shorter, uh, probably about like this. This is kind of like a tester for the Patreons. About 35-ish minutes, 35-40 minutes instead of 55 to an hour of stuff that are that I'm excited to talk about that I love talking about this kind of stuff and I don't really want to say much I want to keep it somewhat secretive as much as I possibly can but give us a listen Um, if you want to donate to our Patreon you can find us at Patreon slash Mysterious Mysteries 21 I believe the start out is three dollars Eventually, we're going to have a 3 a 5 and a $10 tier. And eventually, we're going to have merch out with our Mysterious Mysteries 21 logo or the MM21. And I think that's all I got today. Uh, do your research on the Guidestones. It's actually very interesting if you haven't. Um, if you don't like reading or any of that, type it in YouTube. You can find a lot of information on YouTube as well. But that's all I have for y'all tonight. And I will see y'all soon, hopefully the end of this week, towards the end of this week, for our next episode of Dark Nursery Rhymes Part 2. Talk to y'all soon.